Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Here is the sports editor for the Omaha World Herald, Sam McEwen. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Sam McEwen. Ah, uh, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna throw the ball, and you just stand back there and throw us where you want to go. You know that kind of thing. Sam McEwen. Are you guys going? Um, sure. Now, Sam McEwen. Hey, top of the hour, 888-638-4876. If you'd like to get involved in the show at any point, it is Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, 590 ESPN Omaha. I'm I'm stuttering here because it, it, is 1480, are we 9 to 10 on 1480 this week? I don't is know. Is that what it is? I don't oh, know. Oh, no, I should have asked Sasha. I don't think it's still, I don't uh, think that starts yet. Okay, okay, okay. So <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to ride that. I'm going to ride that train. It's uh, funny. How many we are live on Twitter, live on YouTube. <laughs> I know, right? I don't know. Uh, and we are having fun this morning uh, following the Super Bowl. And uh, let's have some more fun. We'll talk to Sam McEwen now. And uh, as we always do on a Monday morning, we appreciate the sports editor and Nebraska columnist for the Omaha World Herald to join the show. Uh, he also works for or writes for Husker Extra. Sam, good morning, man. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Sam, we're good, man. What's up with the weather report? How, where are we at in the capital city? It's gorgeous. Oh, come on. It's gorgeous today. It's an all come on. <laughs> I mean, hey, this, this is going to be the best day, best day of the year so far. And then the next three days are going to be some of the worst. So hey. what, what are you guys getting, 57, 58 degrees? 61. Ooh. Yeah, not See, mad. That's good. You guys are closer to the sun. <laughs> is that how it means? Is that how it works, right? <laughs> hey, Sam, big, biggest winner yesterday, was it the Chiefs or was it uh, the Bears because we have the number one pick still? <laughs> ah, it was the Chiefs. Oh. Just, just, just by a little. Um, good for them. You know, I, I, I thought that was, a, that was a fun game. Um, not a ton of great defense in it, but uh, but there was, you know, Kansas City made one big play and scored six points off of it, and then they had a punt return, and and that that was that was in large part the difference in the game. That and one call by the officials, but and those three things all went the the Chiefs' way. So there were three there were three key things that the Chiefs had that the Eagles did not, and they all went the Chiefs' way, and so they win by three. Sam, I are you surprised that? And, and this is you, and you know you've known me forever, and you know this is going to be a, a hot. I, I I'm very animate about leaving officials out of it, but why do you think we're so apt to get into officiating when at at you're we're ultimately going to lack consistency in our argument? Shouldn't we just leave well enough alone? Because we all think we could be officials. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. Most of us, most of us do not. Most of us know intrinsically that we could not do what Patrick Mahomes does. We, we can't. And so, like, somewhere deep down inside, we've learned in the last 20 years not to pretend we could be Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. Some of us figure we could be coaches or GMs. 
right? Like, well, I mean, we could, I could, you know, assess talent and, um, but all of us feel like we could be the officials. Like mm. we, oh, I mean, if I, if I learned it, then I could do it for a year. And if they put me out there, I'd do the right thing in that moment. And, uh, that's not true. Uh, you know, that, <laughs> that's, that's not necessarily true, but, but it does, but people do feel that way. And so, and then the other thing that we have, uh, is we have the advantage of, you know, slow-mo, uh, not watching things in real time. You know, the, the officials don't have the advantage of a camera in the sky um, that can they can help them look at things. So, you know, we, we just have a hard time with human with human nature, and we all think we could be officials, and that's why. Uh, but that said, that, that was a call that you, you got to try to hold off on making in that moment. Absolutely not. Absolutely not, Sam. Absolutely not. If <laughs> absolutely not, like what? So you're you're okay with saying if you if you don't make that call at that time and you see the way that that play went, you're okay with having the conversation of that should have been a penalty if they don't call it because that's the alternative. Uh, yeah, I am. Mm. In that particular moment, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. Like I think, I think it was I, I you know, I, I think it was probably a um, that would probably have been the way to to, to air there. Uh, but you know, I get it, I get it, I get how how people might have felt the other way. I remember the the pass interference call um, that wasn't called uh, in the uh, Saints Rams game. I remember the pass interference call that wasn't called many many years ago on Deion Sanders in the Sugar Bowl. So I mean, I remember those. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly something to, to keep in mind and to remember. Would your mind change, Sam, if it were Chicago in that case? Like if it was your team? No. What, what about what Bradbury said? Does the player matter? Uh, uh, to some degree, yeah, I think that, that, that matters to some degree. Um, but, you know, still. I mean, it's, it's just one of those moments. And again, like, I don't, I won't, I don't think that's why the game was decided the way it was. I think there's a lot of things that could have happened in that moment. And as it turned out that, you know, it allowed Kansas city to run the clock down, but there were other things in that game right. um, that gave Kansas city the edge to win that game. One of those was the punt return, which was a great individual play. One of those was the, uh, you know, the, the scoop and score which I think reflected to some degree, you know, what they thought of Jalen Hurts on third and six, trying to run a quarterback draw. And then the other one, you know, other than the officiating, is that Kansas City ran the football. And the Eagles did not run it as much as they had during the season. And they, you know, they had a few possessions where they, they you know, the, the tide turned in the second half and they just didn't, they didn't make enough plays. I'm, I'm, they're going to kick themselves all off season, and not just because of the penalty. They, they, you know, Philadelphia probably should have won the game, but they lost control of the game in part because they got a little enamored with their playbook and a little enamored with throwing the football. We're talking to Sam McEwen, sports editor and Nebraska columnist for the Omaha World Herald and Husker Extra. Toss him a follow on Twitter at SWMcEwenOWH. Great follow, Sam. Uh, there was a tweet that popped up during halftime of that football game, and it came from uh, the Husker football account. Uh, do you think that was a good yeah. play or no on their part? Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to set a culture in that moment of saying, you know, the next 24 hours, 
we're gonna we're gonna kill it in recruiting. You know, that's huge. that's what that logo is for. So I'm guessing they were they were trying. Now it's possible that they they set a timer for it and they forgot that it was during the Super Bowl. But um, no, I think they're just trying to they're trying to capitalize on a lot of people being on Twitter. I think the same thing. Um, yeah. So like, no, they're they know what they're doing. This yeah, that was a, a scheduled tweet for this sure. Is a strong group. Yeah, this is a strong group of of coaches, and they have a pretty good idea of of how they want to go about it. Of course, we're in a period right now where they can't go out and recruit. So you know, there's there's certain things they can't do in this moment. Um, so probably won't be quite as robust as it was maybe in January. But but they know what they're doing, and and you know, I'm sure this is the moment where you begin to build, uh, you know, toward the visits. You know, those unofficial visits in March. Um, hopefully, you get a couple commits out of that. I'm sure they feel that way, and then you're going to get those spring camp, those spring game visits, and and that's where you begin to hope you. You start building the class right then and there. You try, you, I, I'm sure they hope to have double-digit commits, maybe even 15 commits by the time the season starts. Um, I'm sure that's where they want to be. Hey, Sam, so, so at one point yesterday, um, Nebraska women's basketball got it to 51-51. Remember, Michigan hit the three to go up 51-48. Nebraska came and tied it. Did you? Were you more confident in Nebraska – coming back then or when Nebraska hadn't scored the final three minutes and some change and it was 61-61 going into overtime. Who'd you have more confidence in real time? I had more confidence in Nebraska men's basketball. Yeah, I did. And I, that wouldn't have been the case maybe last year. Uh, but, yeah, I did. Um, I think, well, first of all, I mean, Nebraska women were playing a better team, uh, which, which is part of it. Yeah, but how that game had that, gone that, on for them to be tied, I was like, wow, they that 7-0 run, I was like, oh, they may be on to something here in Ann Arbor. They might. Um, I think, you know, they're, they're, they play very hard and, and they try very hard. They're, 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 they're a player short. And uh, they, they have been since South the Winder went down. And, and beyond that, they're just not the same team they were last year. Um, I was talking to Kevin Suits, you know, 10-11 about this. I, I think it's increasingly hard for a team to basically run it back. Um, Georgia, now people will talk about Georgia football, but people will also forget that Georgia football had to replace almost all of its defense. And so it, there was a huge advantage in that, that what Georgia brought back were a bunch of guys that were backups on last year's team and were hungry, especially on defense, uh, to make those changes. And so, you know, they played, I think, with a zeal this season, in part because they had lost a bunch of guys. I I think it's hard to run it back, and I think Nebraska women's basketball is basically running it back this year. It doesn't; it's not quite the same. You can tell, and Hybe being hurt was part of that. Mm-hmm. Weiner being hurt is part of that, but they're just not quite the same team. And um, I think they probably needed to add one or two more pieces in the off season. They didn't do that, and so now they're just they're a player short, and and so they they fall a little short. Now it's for the men. Uh, you know, great win. That's that's Man. a that's a really important win for Nebraska, and and it was a team win. Everybody did. Everybody on the floor did something. Blaze Keita did something. Uh, Casey did something. Uh, Greasel played actually a very good game, even though he didn't necessarily, you know, dominate. Um, so I I thought there was a lot of good things to be said, and and they have a chance tomorrow night too. Uh, they do. They. Rutgers is a very specific kind of team, and if you can protect the ball, 
And I don't know if Nebraska can do that, but if they can, they will have a chance because Rutgers is without one of its top post players. And, you know, Rutgers doesn't run away from a lot of teams. They, they don't score a lot of points. So um, Nebraska has a chance tomorrow night if they can hold on to the ball and protect it. Sam, are you cool philosophically kind of saying that Nebraska had – because you don't answer the dinner bell like that in, in overtime without having some resolve and a pretty solid culture, right? I think that's safe to say, right? So yeah. are, are we okay kind of rationalizing and booing Coach Hoiberg and that staff's performance this year as a staff versus looking at the overall win-loss record? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I think that they're, uh, as Trev Albert said last week, they've made undeniable progress uh, in, the, in the program. And I think part of that is just that you've got a lot of guys on that team who, you know, aren't necessarily fixated on what's the next step from my professional career. Mm. I do think Sam Griesel and Derek Walker will play somewhere. And I think Derek could actually play at a fairly high level. Um I don't know if that means the NBA, but, you know, Derek's got some skills that, that translate pretty well. He um, played 41 I don't minutes, a, Sam. That's right. Yeah, and he was only pulled because he basically made a couple of mistakes. Otherwise, I think he probably would have played the poll. Um, but that, I don't think it's a team that's, that's, that's absorbed in, and what am I going to do next? Uh, like, I, I think there's, I think last year's team had uh, several guys where what they were thinking about wasn't the task at hand, but was the task ahead. And, and I think Nebraska got a little caught up in that. And, you know, it's a cautionary tale as to whether Nebraska or really any team uh, continues to pursue one-and-done players or players who come in to college basketball and are immediately thinking about the NBA. Um, you know, I think that's just – that's – you know, Creighton's going to have to face that challenge with a five-star that they've got uh, that's interested in, in them. Like, mm-hmm. you have to think about it. Do you want, do you want to go get a player whose, whose mind is half on the NBA um, already? Or do you want to go get players out of the transfer portal who maybe aren't that worried about that? And, and that's not they, – they know they're not going to play in the NBA for 12 years. And so what they're focused on is being the best college player they can be so that they can maybe get a chance overseas. And you don't get chances overseas based on, you know, projections. You, you get chances overseas based on good tryouts and being good college basketball players. They don't, they don't take guys overseas for, you know, averaging three and, three and two uh, and, and projecting six years from now to be an NBA six band. So, um, I think that's probably something that's changed within the program since last year, and I think that's a good thing. Sam, I want to jump back uh, to Nebraska women's basketball for a hot sec. If they don't win out, will they make the tournament? Mm. Well, so right now, they if they don't win out, um, they will finish some version of 17, 12, 16, 13, 15, 14, 14, 15. Um, Anything less than, than 18 and 11, you're probably having to win two or three games in the Big Ten tournament. So if you go 17 and 12 and then you won three games in the Big Ten tournament, yeah, you could probably make it, you know, as a, as a, as a play-in seed or maybe as a, the very last team that gets a bye. But 
no, they're 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 on the wrong side of the bubble right now, and, and they need to go on a run. And I think they probably know that Creighton's on the right side of the bubble. Uh, they're 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 probably well on the right side of the bubble. And one of the things to remember is that in in women's college basketball, it is better to be an 11 seed than it is to be an 8 seed. It's like you would rather be an 11 than an 8. Because there is no difference between 11 and a 6. There really isn't. But there's a vast amount of difference between a 1 and a 2. And so women's college basketball is dominated by three or four teams at the very top. Those teams are unbeatable at home. You do not want to play them. And so the key for whether it's Creighton or Nebraska or anyone is you want to stay out of the one line um, going into the second game. Because if you're able to do that, then you have a real chance of winning the second round game. Because there's not that much difference between a 2 and a 10. Or even a three, or a three and an eleven. There's a lot of difference between a one and a three. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the wonky thing with women's basketball. And hopefully, they're able to figure that out at some point. Because I don't see the sport getting a ton deeper as it relates to elite teams. I think it's Stanford, South Carolina, and UConn, and maybe one other team. And they're going to have to find a way to either fix that or change the way that they run the tournament. Because otherwise, you get, you get penalized for being an eight C versus an eleven. Hey, Sam, let me ask you something about wrestling. And, I, and listen, I get the niche kind of sport thing, and um, I've heard about this forever, even though you know I'm a, I'm a big wrestling guy. Mm-hmm. I know Ohio State was down, I think, three All-America uh, on Friday. And they got Rutgers uh, over the weekend. They're continuing to win. When you look at Coach Manning's success – relative to the degree of difficulty in the conference, where is he on the appreciation scale for you? Well, he's underappreciated generally um, by all of us, um, but highly appreciated uh, by me in the sense that the Big Ten wrestling is Big Ten volleyball, right? Best in the country. No, no one better. Um but Big Ten wrestling is even a little better than Big Ten volleyball. Um, we could talk for some time, and Manning would be better to speak to about how college wrestling works and why Penn State is so hard to beat, um, and how you know they they utilize a training center for Olympians to leverage recruiting and all this other stuff. But the reality is, there's a couple of teams in the Big Ten that are extremely hard to beat. Penn State and Iowa are very hard to beat. Any, any day of the week based on not only their history, but their ability to leverage uh, training partners and all kinds of stuff. So what Manning's able to do based on not being able to do those things that Penn State and I was able to do is, is pretty amazing. Uh, he's got, I think, a team that he really likes. Uh, he's, 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 he's been fond of Peyton Rob for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Rob has is, is become an elite wrestler in, in, in a short amount of time. So you know, I think they, they've got a chance to win an individual national title. They've got a chance to finish in the top five or six nationally. And uh, that's pretty that's pretty darn good. Um, you know, Nebraska's about I, – I don't want to say Nebraska's about as good as it could be. You never want to discount the possibility that there might be a year in there where they get a couple of lower weight guys who could maybe get to the finals of the NCAA and then that, and then they you know they pull off a national championship that way. But it's hard. It's 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 hard with the way Penn State is built and 
and uh, to, to poke through and, and win a national title. I know Manning maybe seven years ago thought he had a team that could do it. Uh, I can't remember how long. It was a longer than that ago. It was like uh, 12 years ago. Um, they felt like they had a team, and then they had a situation where a kid got suspended. Um, but, yeah, so the, he's doing an incredible job and, and has long been one of the best coaches in the sport. Sam. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Was that it? I'm yeah. done. Oh, okay. My bad. Um, a- anything stick out to you, Sam, uh, when you took a peek at the Super 6 rankings that were released last week? Were there any real surprises uh, w- when you looked at you know, what media members had to say and where they placed people? Like, w- If there was one thing you took away from those rankings, what would it be? Um, well, that it's, that it's challenging to – so the Super 6 is done by 247 by Mike Schaefer. I'm a part of that too. It is a challenging thing to do when you're when you're blending high school recruits and transfers. That's challenging um, because you don't you don't exactly know how to how to measure impact of a player that might only be there one or two years versus one that might be there five years. Uh, so you have to be kind of thoughtful about how you're doing that. So you know there was there was some there was some Jeff Sims is really high on the list. And then you've got, you know, Malachi Coleman's really high on the list. Riley Van Poppel was high on the list, which he should be. He was high on my list. Uh, so it's it's kind of a blend. And so you're, you're kind of throwing a dart a little bit. Um, the transfers are easier because you can kind of assess what, what they might do or might not do. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know that I found any surprises. I, I do think it, it's, it's a good group of defensive backs. If I was going to say this, the strongest position group for me is probably the DBs uh, of the high school recruits. Um, I think the wide receivers could be good too, and I think the edge rushers might be okay. But I like the two defensive backs that they got, Ethan Nation and Ramir Stewart. I think both are a little undersized, but are actually going to be very good players at Nebraska. Probably would have been, you know, Alabama or you know Clemson recruits if they were just a little taller. Um, but I think. I think they're going to be really good players at Nebraska, so I like them. I like Riley Van Poppel. And then among the receivers, um, certainly Malachi Coleman is a wild card. You know, you just wonder how he's going to do at the collegiate level and whether he's going to develop and continue to get better as a player. Um, but I think Jaden Doss is, is a player that I think is actually fairly close to being ready to contribute next year, has the physicality that you like, Six foot one ninety five can run after the catch. Um, so Doss would be my my favorite receiver in that class. But was, I was I think too. it could be a good class. I think Demetrius Bell is going to be a pretty good player. Reminds me of Jamal Turner and then Coleman. We'll see. You know I think he's a wild card. That uh, so for me, if you had a wild card spot, that would be hit the spot for him. And my sleeper was Quentin Ives. I, I really don't know. You know we'll we'll just see. He's a really good athlete. I don't know if he's a running back. We'll see if that's what he is or if he goes to receiver, defensive back. But I think it was a good overall recruit to add to the program. You guys both, I'm sitting next, I'm talking to one and sitting next to another. They both had Ethan Nation and your top six. And I, and I, I think that's rare, right? Cause, and I know I didn't for mm-hmm. a, a few reasons. And I, and I even stuck with just high school guys. I didn't do transfers. You guys both like Nation quite a bit. Yeah, he's got good tape. 
and um, I think he's, again, one of these players that three years ago got a bunch of offers and then teams backed off mm-hmm. because they're basing those offers on, well, we think you're going to grow two or three more inches, mm-hmm. and then they don't. Right. I could have easily put Ramirez Stewart in there. Uh, Ramirez Stewart is a very good player, too, and I think he's going to be a nice player at Nebraska. Both a little undersized, but they fit, they fit that Marquise Buford mold. I think they're going to be good players at Nebraska. I couldn't agree more. I mean, especially because you're talking about motivated guys at this point when they are undersized. Sam McEwen, thanks so much. We appreciate your time. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, Sam. Take care. We'll talk Creighton basketball when we come back. I have a lot to say, (laughs) but you got to stick around for it.